Welcome to the pre-show. Welcome to the pre-show, the first pre-show of 2022. Yes. Now, I don't know whether you should have said that because by the time this goes live, it might be like, you know, a few. Are you giving me the middle finger? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> so today we have Sandy and Gord from the Spoons. Yes. And Gord also happens to be from Flock of Seagulls. Yes. Now. He is now. Two new wave bands, or I guess we're, we're talking to them about the Spoons. Um, two uh, new wave music. Not unlike this band. The Life. Uh, very different styles. Yeah, I mean, like the hair, the, the the keys, very much from the, uh, you know, with the, the same sort of DNA. Not to mention, I've got the T-shirt as well. And yes. if you look, if you looked at the T-shirt, he goes, "Yeah, these guys are new wave, new wave band, in the like of the Spoons." Um, what was that one band? I was. Have doing? you even listened to the tapes Black. or anything that I said? I have, I have not. I have not. Platinum no, I know. Blonde. I can tell because if you listen to them, <laughs> you'd realize the music is not the same. If you wanted to go back to like international boundaries international boundaries that's what and I'm the plastic about. dolls yeah sure sure okay all right but the yeah life, because the life was uh, early 90s or life was early 90s correct yeah correct yeah so that you know what i'm thinking about international boundaries and and plastic dolls that was more new wavish yes that that is a better comparison thank you i get all these bands mixed up uh i was going to call you gourd <laughs> that you've been a part of, Greg. Um, were the spoons? Did they influence you guys, or, or were you guys all influenced by? I guess the I would same. Been, music? I would have been influenced by the spoons for sure. Yeah, as, as a keyboardist for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, we were all huge spoons fans. Like it's you know, it's not it's not a secret. Like I think of. Sure. Some of the some of the discussions that we're going to have on the show. Yeah. Um, both some of my former band members. Um, you know, like yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, they were they, they certainly they were a huge influence on me. I I was a huge fan of the Spoons over the years. You must have seen them many times in concert. I'm guessing. We're going to talk about that too. Nice. But yes, I did. Yes. You're, 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 you're teasing everything I have. So you better come with a lot of game, buddy. You, you're, all, you're just, you're, you're ruining all my surprises. I'm, I'm relying on, on you and, and, and your, uh, your past as a, as a touring musician mm-hmm. to be able to bring it. We're going to have some good conversation today. Yeah, so we're excited. Conversations. 
Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. But do we, do we don't say welcome to welcome to the music, do we? No. Welcome to welcome. No. To. You could. You actually <laughs> I mean, could. Up to you. There's, you no, could. there's no rules here. I've never had anybody say that yet. <laughs> you could say that. Or should we say this is welcome to the music? Up to you. We'll there leave you that are. up to you. Don't don't leave anything up to us. That's, <laughs> that's dangerous. Welcome to the number one music podcast in the universe. Welcome to the music. How does that sound? Perfect. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Sandy Horn. I'm Gord Dapp of the Spoons. And welcome to the music. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so good to have you both join us. So excited. So thank you for joining us today. Our um, pleasure. I, I have to share one story to kick this off. Um, at the risk of making me and hopefully not you feel, and I'm not going to use the word, um, you were <laughs> my first concert. I love it. In Whitby <laughs> in 1982, I think for the RS and Symphony Tour. Was that your high school? No, it was at, no? at Iroquois Arena. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember the, uh, that place. The hockey yeah. arena. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was at Iroquois Arena, and I got goosebumps because it was like, you know, it was my first, oh, that's uh, amazing. My first concert. So thank you for, I mean, I just I've got such fun memories. Well. I love did, hearing did that stuff. Ha- <laughs> anything happened that night? First kiss, uh, first rejection, first slap in the face, first fight? No. <laughs> No, I just <laughs> no. And, and this may be this may be too much information. I just remember totally having a crush on Sandy. So I'm just no. <laughs> Gord, you and I are going to leave, and we'll just leave it up. To- <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to the music, <laughs> Greg. I don't know if you want to go down the road because Greg actually w- was in a, a number of different bands. Mm-hmm. We were Greg and I were talking about this. Uh, during our, our little pre-show as we're testing the mics and everything. Uh, but Greg was in a couple of local bands, the Plastic Dolls, International Boundaries, that had a very uh, new wave sound. And you know, I don't know, Greg, you want to sort of talk a bit about... <laughs> Greg, you want to talk a bit about that? I don't know. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk Good about names. Oh, great ba- great oh, band thanks. names. Yeah. I, I, was, I always regretted having a simple name like The Spoons, like that's so simple, right? These bands come up with really clever titles, orchestral maneuvers in the dark, simple minds, you know, spoons. But because How'd of it, I, I, Stan, you better tell that one. I don't know. <laughs> why, why the spoons? Well, <clears throat> we're kind of, at, you know, there was the doors, stones. Um, um, Martha and you know, the Muffins, the, the, the cars. Ca- the cars. So we were thinking, well, what about an object? So we were actually having soup at our first keyboard player's uh, place Brett Wickens and I think he threw a spoon at me and it bounced in the soup and splashed me and they said what about spoons and I went spoons and I had all over me <laughs> that's, <laughs> wow. it's either that's that or chicken noodle it's either that or chicken noodle uh, or vegetable <laughs> the vegetables it's funny I didn't know if that's where, if, where cream was going with it but um some of my bandmates from back in the day you guys have shared or have played with them lately with the bomb. So Sean Gillespie and oh great, oh, yeah. Annie yeah, Pugh and yeah, yeah, uh, they're great so, guys. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, great yeah. guys, very good. 
Yeah. You know, but the thing is what's going on about the spoons not being a very clever name, but because it's such a simple one word name, it's, it's kind of not, you know, you kind of, it sticks with you. It's not easy to forget, right? It's nothing clever. It's like spoons. And so it did serve us that, that way. And like Sandy said, we were having soup and we were all about suburban rock back then, you know, like talking heads, you know, everyday things in your house, in your kitchen, you know, utilitarian kind of vibe. It was very, <laughs> very new wave, you know, spoons. Because that's where we were from, some suburban Burlington. Was there ever a move to like a, I don't know, to like the big city, the, you know, Toronto, uh, back when you were doing music to, to sort of, I don't know, capture bigger audiences? Or was it always hanging out in Burlington? I lived well, in Toronto for a while, you know. Um, didn't really change anything. I, I was glad to leave when I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. Every city that we've recorded in, it's always put its flavor onto the record. Mm-hmm. Like we're from Burlington, we recorded in Hamilton with our very first record with Danny Lanois. Yeah. And we were kind of in the, you know, this cool area of Hamilton and that whole city. And to, to us, that was the big city, right? So anyway, yeah. like growing up, it was Toronto, right. but Hamilton was like, that's where we would go for dinner with our parents or we bought our first guitars or, you know, record stores and stuff. So that was a big deal. Um, of course, we recorded at bigger cities after that, like New York City and, and London, England, places like that. They all put their little stamp on our, on our music. Nice. Listen, before you go any further, congrats on, there's been a bunch of releases uh, recently. Yeah. Um, was, is it 2019? Yeah, three, right? 2019 was, was New Day, New World. Yes. Uh, yep. And then 20, all, all new. Yeah, all, all brand new stuff. Uh, and then Repeatable uh, was, I want to say last year, but it's now two years ago. Love the cover. No, no this came out last year in May. 21. Okay, this is Repeatable. Yeah. yeah, and okay. it's also on. We have to do this. Double vinyl. Get double this. vinyl. Every, every band's dream is to have a, a double vinyl you can open up and escape. And at least what, growing up as a kid in the in, in the seventies and eighties, and I would put my headphones on, open up that double Genesis album, whatever it was, and just lose myself. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Pretty was cool. there anything in the liner notes of of that album that you were excited to put in? You know, besides lyrics yeah. and stuff, is there any any cool photos or? Yeah, well, there's all the different album covers, but I I did write a little message from us to the to the fans that kind of wraps up how amazing this is that we've been doing this for 40 years and they've stuck with us, you know, and yeah. kind of compared it to a little spaceship that keeps going around the sun over and over again, like 40 times. We've been, how does that happen? You know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I think I think when we first started out, like in our eye. Mind's eye was like, well, maybe 30. That's when bands are over the hill, you know. They that's when you that's when you, <laughs> yeah. that's when you throw on the towel, right? But then you know, you turn 30, yes, that's not so bad. And then it's 40 and 50 and so forth. So yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah. And it's taken a while to finally get repeatable out because we we're waiting for years from uh, Anthem to re- release the from the vault of uh, Bridges Over Borders and Vertigo Tango album. Um, cause they were going through changes and selling the company. So every time we try and think we had a hold of someone that could give us the proper ability to release it, yeah. some, they changed hands and someone else would be in charge and no one was coming forward. And I finally met up with Peggy Giacconi, um, about a year ago, well, a year ago, year ago, summer. And I said, you know, we're really trying to do this. And she says, Oh, I can do that for you. <laughs> just to, just <laughs> to put in, yeah. Yeah. Just to put in perspective, um, Peggy works and that old label is, is Anthem and SRO, which is Russia's label yeah. and management. So just needless to say, anything that they did affected us. So, you know, when they change things or move publishing or 
release dates, everything changed, right? So that's why it was critical to get that stuff because it was tough to get anything because they were such a big company and we we're just a small piece in it. Wow. Whereas when we first started, we were with a very small label. So the way, we were the biggest band on the label, right? Records, right? When we first started out and all of a sudden we're underneath like Rush and, you know, and who else was in the label? Gowan, I think. Gowan, Coney Hatch. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a bit more rocky, you know, a bit, bit more heavier than what, what we were used to. But uh, yeah. Yeah. How, how have how have things changed in terms of or have they changed in terms of the releases with, you know, what we're living through right now, where we're all sitting in our basements or bedrooms or offices? And- well, there's been a lot of online yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sales. Our, our website's gone off the charts as far as that goes, as opposed oh, awesome. to playing live where we normally sell our merch. Right. Yeah. And of course, you know, now that record companies like aren't as productive as far as putting them out um, into venue or into stores. It's really up to the artists now to keep that going. And so we've been working hard on trying to platform ourselves that way. Yeah. And, and because remember- vinyl, sorry, oh, go ahead. Okay. Just <laughs> and you saw the vinyl because we, we put, we're not the only ones. Vinyl is so popular right now. There's a shortage of the actual PVC plastic that vinyl is made from. So wow. our, the release of our, our vinyls, how, how delayed like six months or something like that. Yeah, we start, well, not quite. It was April, and it came out in but, August. But so. if you if you were to order some vinyl now, you wouldn't get it till the end of the year, probably. It's insane, you know. So wow. it's a very popular medium again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's next be- cassette. I think we should put a cassette box set out. That would be the next cool right. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's For funny. Sure. I actually sat my my uh, my twenty somethings down. Um, I brought out the old dual turntable. And I brought out level 42 of physical presence and I made them sit down and listen to that. And they just yeah. like, like, it was like, <laughs> I got goosebumps again. Cause it was like, they, they, they had no idea what something could really sound like. Right. That when it comes off on. Yeah. yeah. And, oh. and it's, and for those vinyl lovers out there, it's 180 grams. So it's the thicker vinyl. It's the heavy one. So, yeah. And so when the two double together, it's quite heavy as one piece. So a box of them, I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is much nice. I remember getting, um, I'd lost my Purple Rain album years and years and years ago. Uh, and so I reordered it and it, it was so flimsy. I was afraid to, to play it because I didn't want to like, put it on the record <laughs> and it would just crack and fall apart. It was so wow. flimsy. So I, I love the thick and, and heavy ones for sure. It's funny you mentioned your old dual turntable because I was just, I just posted something about the, my old dual turntable that I had as a, as a kid. It was my parents because we're talking about old equipment how we got started and that was my first guitar amplifier we had this old dual turntable with with a, a lid that came off with a speaker in it so i figured yeah, out yeah. how to hook my guitar into that and make that my guitar amplifier when my parents were looking at this. and the cool <laughs> thing about it because i didn't have any i didn't have i had a guitar but i had no no pedals i had no fuzz pedals so, so this luckily this thing because i was blowing it up was really fuzzy sounding right so i could play along with my album and stuff like that and I eventually blew the thing up and i just found it took a picture of it and posted it <laughs> yesterday it's so, so it's funny you mentioned a dual turntable that's that's where i started yeah oh, that's awesome gord sandy i want to ask you this question recently um and, and it relates to you but you know recently i think it was coldplay announced or, or chris martin from coldplay said uh they'll record music i don't know for n- another couple of years or maybe there's a couple more albums left and then they're going to be you know he said they're going to be like the stones or something i think he used that uh, that word uh and we'll just tour old stuff and tour the classic stuff so I wanted to ask you about, you know, this, uh, the new album, New Day, New World, with new material. Um, 
what was that something you guys uh want to do is continue releasing new material how do you feel about the old classics that everyone remembers from the 80s what's, yeah. what's your relationship with your old music and and, and your new music well i said talk about but first off i think that's very weird for a band like Coldplay to say something. How, how do you know what you're going to think a year from now? Yeah. yeah. It's like saying, well, I just got out of a bad relationship. I'm never going to date again. I'm never, you know, like, well, you don't know what's going to, you know, I bet yeah. you they're going to, a couple of years from now, there'll be a surprise record. And, you know, you can't plan like that, especially a popular band like that. Right. Yeah. So, but we would never put a record out if people didn't want it. Okay. Like we, we put our first album out in many years and it was 2011 starting yeah. transmission. And we, and we didn't think that was going to happen. And I thought, that's it. That's got to be the last and, record. And we didn't put the whole album out first. We did two songs. Yeah. Um, we did a little CD EP. And we put it out there and said, if everybody's interested, we'll continue writing the album. We've got all this response saying, yes, yes, please, please, please. <laughs> so we continued to write the full album. Okay. And then release it. And so with New Day, New World, everyone was excited again. You yeah, know. imagine everybody went, nah, don't bother. Just, you know, <laughs> stay at home. <laughs> I'll I'm just sure stick with your old stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as with the... But I think uh, it was worth it. I was saying it was worth it because that was a really good record. And then this last one we made, New, new Day, New World, which I really didn't think was going to happen. If, if Static was going to be our last record ever... And that that happened and was made was is is a miracle, but because but I'm glad it is because it's my favorite album. That and Aria's Symphonies with Noah okay. Hart on it from '82, yeah. and this other my tunes. So it's a good way to start and end your career. I think not that we're ending. Whoa, but, whoa, know. whoa! Are we oh, oh, breaking oh, oh, news? news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're constantly yes, uh, we're constantly trying to reinvent ourselves as well. We're like. With Nova Heart, we released um, a dubstep version and a trip hop version of it. And the dubstep one, we play, we'll play the original near the beginning of the show, and we'll usually either end or do the encore with the dubstep version and get the house really rocking. <laughs> wait, wait, is that unrepeatable? Is that on the? It's on the it vinyl. It's okay. not on the CD. All right, no, the vinyl is bigger. It's got more tracks on it, and longer. It's got extended. It's even got symmetry on it, which is really hard to find. Which is was the original A side became the B side of Nova Heart, but that was originally the single. A little known fact, but halfway through recording, John Ponder, the producer, went, "Hey, second, I think Nova Heart's a stronger song." So we flipped it around. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That is really people, speaking. Sorry, go ahead. it's worth buying just for that. Yeah, yeah. and people are <laughs> wondering why why does the vinyl have different songs than the CD? Uh, there's actually 19 songs on the vinyl and 17 on the CD is originally we came up with the 17 and then we went to press the vinyl. They're like, you can't do it on one vinyl. You're either going to have to cut the songs or do double vinyl. And we went, well, let's do double vinyl. And then we went, okay, well, let's add more stuff. There's extra songs, but also it has the full length version of Nova Heart and Symmetry and some of the other songs because Nova Heart began as a dance record. So it was like almost seven minutes long and we cut it down to like four minutes for radio. The one that everybody knows, that's what yeah. you get on the CD, but this has got the original, you know, version that came out on an EP. Remember those? They were about the same size as a full vinyl, but it was one song per side. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, what's, I, what's I your relationship? To that, actually. What's your relationship with, with your classic hits? 
Um, do you still play enjoy those. playing no, them? We don't. We don't play those anymore. No, we gave them up. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but I saw you, you pre-pandemic. Do you do you it. enjoy playing them? Is there still yeah. love? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every night, I love it. every, especially stuff like Novart. I never get tired of it. It's so different, right? It's like when you think of it, then it was weird for its time when it came out. You know, like I found a chart and I just posted this on on recently too, a, a chum chart, which was the big FM yeah. station back. And we were top 10, number four, I think. And Aria Ziffany's was up there with like Led Zeppelin and Queen, ACDC, <laughs> stuff like that. So it was, it was totally wrong for its time. You know, you think about it and still yeah. it has no, it's just those funny little thing that, you know, it just, and as for that reason, I never get tired of it. It just sort of has no place. It's timeless. It's not, I don't know. It's just a weird little thing. I don't know. Yeah. I know Greg wants to ask a question, but I, I need to tell you a quick story with a question. So yesterday at dinner, I grabbed my wife's phone and I, I start playing you guys on, on the, uh, uh, on the Google speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm asking my wife, do you remember this music? Now she grew up, her family grew up in, in, uh, in East Africa. Uh, okay. in, in the 70s and 80s and I think they came here in the mid mid 90s um, and my sister goes oh that's a cool UK sounding band um, are they new yeah. are they new <laughs> this is really really good music oh, I go wow. no th- this is from the 80s this is a band out of Burlington uh, that's great that's great why does yeah. your do you guys know like why does your music still I, mean, I can still listen to those songs and it's it's just, you know, I, I don't know if it takes me back, but it's, it's, it hasn't aged. I, I don't know if that's the right term. It's, it's still wow. great well, it's nice song to say that. I don't know if that's, you know, true or not, but it, I, I'm glad, I've heard that from other people. And I think one thing is that when we were producing or making the records, we, we always felt like we were the outsiders. You know, we were, we're living in earlier Burlington, so we weren't part of the Toronto scene. We didn't know what everybody else was doing. We, we just did our own thing. And the other thing is that um, at the time, Time, I was going like, why, why can't we get all this fancy equipment like these other bands, like Glass Tiger, Platinum Bond. They got the fancy, I don't know, gated snares and the, and the really expensive keyboards. We had our really basic stuff. Yeah. But thank, I, I'm so thankful now that we didn't because I listened to a lot of that stuff from the other bands back then. And a lot of it is very similar because they had that big production. We had we were sort of more raw and, and, and real, I think, because we didn't have the money or the, the, the resources, right? Yeah. So, that could, and that way we weren't so stuck in the 80s with some of the sounds. I mean, we can't get around the drum machines and stuff like that, but drum machines are popular again now, right? Um, and like Nova Heart had, was one of the first uses of the 808 drum machine, legendary, right? The hand clap thing. And, the, yep. and that's still being used today in, in hip hop, you know, all yeah. kinds of music. But, our, but do you remember our very first drum machine? We didn't have a drummer. Derek wasn't on oh, board. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was the, you know, the home organ where you had the left. You're kidding me. That's what we used to practice to. We just speed oh. it up and slow it down. Yeah, but what we start. did, we, we, we found a, it's got like the foxtrot and the samba. You can't use, so we found some straight beats and we just recorded like two or three minutes onto a little cassette player. And that was a drum machine. And I would hit it with my foot to get it going. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I used to have one of those way back when. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, that's how it began. Way before you could buy a drum machine at a music store. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, one of the questions I wanted to ask, and Sandy, you touched on some of the sort of the remixes and the, the different versions, mm-hmm. is the album Spoons Echoes. Spoons Echoes. 
Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Echoes. Well, it's mostly Gord, and then once the package was together, myself and uh, my husband Jeff put it together. He's done a lot of he's done Static and Transmission and um, New Day, New World with us, and the new mixes of Nova Heart. He's Mister Producer Engineer for us now at my home studio. That's where we do it all. Yeah. What what happened is because touring with Flock of Seagulls, I I see a lot of other bands, and I get to be friends with other people and. And I was down the states. The band called the Information Society. I don't know if you remember them or not. They're from, of course, they like the mode kind of thing. And they, yeah. and they said, "We we like that song, Novar. Can we do a cover?" Oh, I'd be honored, do it. Yeah. And then this other band from LA called Felix and the Four Shadows. They're not an '80s band, but they're a young band, up and coming. I think they've been on America's Got Talent, that kind of thing. Um, but they're really into '80s music. And they said, "We kind of like that old emotions song. We want to do a different take on that. Just go ahead." And then it occurred to me. He said, "Wow, there's an idea. You know, get all these other people." to cover our stuff. And I never thought I could get that many, but everybody I asked was on board to do it. So we have, you know, when in Rome who did the promise Strange and advance. yeah, Gowan. Josh Tiger, Gowan, Concan. Yep. Yep. there's, there's real life from Australia did send me an angel. And yep. One of my favorites is a guy from, from Marilyn Manson and the prodigy doing bridges over borders. It's like <laughs> insane. Right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's an, what an honor. It's like my favorite CD in the car right now. Yeah, and the nice thing about it, tell them about the that where it's you know it's it's for a good cause too. Yeah, but seeing as so yeah. many artists were on board, and we gave them all permission to use them on their albums and so forth if they choose to or whatever, um, we couldn't make really any individually make any money off of this. So we thought all the proceeds would should go to a charity. So we've chosen um, uh, the Unison Fund towards Which musicians supports, and artists. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah the music industry, especially now, right, right down to crews and young bands, whatever. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So, if anybody's interested in getting it, you can go to our website, which is spoonsmusic.com and you can get it there. Absolutely, and yeah, and I saw it. On, I saw it on Bandcamp as well. Yeah, yeah. We need to make sure we promote that on uh, yep. in in our show notes. You know, speaking of uh, of giving back, um, Greg was uh, heavily involved um, in two thousand. 2020, sorry, I get my years mixed up. 2020, when when <laughs> you know man. when lock, when lockdown happened, yeah. uh, Greg was part of an organization called uh, Conquer COVID 19. Uh, yeah. They were helping to facilitate uh, facilitate masks and and different things like that to uh, uh, to doctors and to communities. I didn't have all of this, uh, right. and one member on his team uh, happened to be helping out in the town of Bob Cajun. Uh, and so you guys, I think you guys did a show on a boat, was it? Yeah. In Bob yeah, Cajun or on the a, beach? Yeah. Yeah. Last couple of years, we've had been really creative. Like we've done the private island with the boats coming up. We've done built tops, rooftops of buildings. But that was, it was also for a charity thing, but they took us to the it was, Bob yeah. Cajun on this little, it was supposed to be in a little river boat, but it, but it broke down. So they put us on several little barges or something, <laughs> but we kept moving along and people would walk along the shore and we stopped at a couple of beachfront kind of places. It was really cool. It was yeah. great. Yeah, nice. I think you guys were, were helping out. With, I, th- I don't know if it was a mental health initiative or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, like was, music yeah. heals type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and even one of your, one of the songs, 
I think it's Landing Lights. Mm-hmm. The the video for that um, it's it's dedicated to 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 healthcare workers, to frontline workers. Yeah, at the time it was because it's kind of like you know Landing Lights representing you know sort of returning to where you started from, finding a way through the fog, through the you know through the all this stuff, and, and hopefully coming back to it where we started or even a better place, you know, and that's kind of, it's meant to be sort of a hopeful thing. So yeah, yeah we yeah. did a couple of videos like that through, um, through lockdown, even where we just had people do it, you know, on their iPhones We for new day, new world, for instance, the title track, we had about 60 people like musicians, athletes, um, TV personalities, all sending in like holding up a card, you know, like Alan Fruce said something like, um, what, what were some of his something? Don't, don't, for, uh, don't forget me while I'm gone, or something like while, while I'm no, home. No, don't forget me while I'm home. Yeah, when I'm home. Yeah, I don't forget <laughs> home. You know, there's a whole, there's a real stay at home thing, and and um, um, we had guys from Wang Chung. Everybody stay home tonight. You know, like, <laughs> Ed Sock. Ed the Sock. I Ed the Sock was hilarious. His just said, "I never like people anyway." <laughs> yeah, we had Cujo in there. You know, the, the yeah. Leafs goalie. Um, he did a great thing and people from Degrassi High and, um, you know, bands from all over the place. Yeah, it was, it was good. Again, it was everybody sending in their little message. Um, so we, we were able to accomplish some stuff even during lockdown. Nice. Yeah, you, you guys did a lot of great work. So the, the world thanks you uh, for, oh, for that. Thank absolutely. You. We thank the world. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, wasn't that a song back in the 80s? We thank the world. No. <laughs> no, we are. There was. No. We are the world. That was. That yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> are you sure about that? I that think was, we thank the world. It could, it could have been. So, Gord, you know, one of the questions that we always ask is um, influences, and it knocked me down. Alice Cooper. I no, not. A, I wouldn't say it's an influence, but that was the first record I bought. Oh, that was the first. Okay. First 45, I bought at the Towers department store. It was uh, School's Out. School's Out for summer. You know, or, <laughs> yeah, you know, because I, up until then, I was listening to my, you know, when my mom was playing at home, it was like, you know, Engelbert, Humperdinck, and Tom Jones and stuff like that. And it didn't really impress me. So when I heard something heavier, I said, yeah, that's what I need. You know, <laughs> it, 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 something I can smash my guitar to, you know, that's, what, <laughs> that's, what, that's really what I grew up on that and old uh, Black Sabbath, believe it or not. Um, I never really liked poppy mainstream music. That's why we jump right to prog rock, you know. But before that, it was yeah, it was all these dark bands, you know, like old Bowie, old uh, you know, anything quirky and strange and, and cool. What about you, Sandy? Well, my influence started when I was about four years of age, and it was um, I, I've t- t- said this story a few times. Is um, it was The Wizard of Oz and Judy Garland, and uh-huh. seeing her sing. And I just turned to my dad and he was watching it with me because I wasn't allowed to watch it by myself because of all the scariness <laughs> in the <laughs> sure. movie. <laughs> and I was only four. And I said, I, I want to do what she's doing. I just knew I was going to be on stage, but I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Oh, wow. So, mm. so then my dad started putting me in fashion shows and little plays and that kind of thing. And I was actually for a while. Um, remember, I don't know if you remember the clothing Buster Brown back in, in the 60s. I was a little Buster Brown girl. Really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't wow. know that? Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot of things. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That's awesome. Yeah. One of these child stars I mean, that goes off the rails, you know? <laughs> I mean, as far as music goes, I mean, I used to listen to absolutely everything. And then, of course, when I met Gord, I started getting influenced by Genesis and Vanagraph Generator and all the things he was listening to when we met in high school. Yeah. So what was uh, Gord's first, first instrument? Uh, it, it was the guitar. Okay. Yeah, just a little acoustic guitar at home. But we met in the high school band, Sandy and I. Heard, she played the trumpet, I played the saxophone. And out of that, we got another little side band because I had this band without a bass player. And we were on a school trip with a couple of acoustic guitars. I said, Sandy, how about you play these bottom notes on the, you know, like a bass would play? Yeah. Well, I, brought, I brought my guitar, you brought your guitar. And that's yeah, when you yeah. realized I play guitar as well as yeah. played the trumpet. So, <laughs> And I think she was like 15 at the time. So she had to ask her. Her dad, you know, these these guys at school want me to join their band. I'm surprised he let he let you join the band. But uh, I think because he knew I wanted to be in music. But I also had to learn, like I wanted to play the guitar when I was like 10 years of age. And my dad had already tried it with my older brother. And during a, a brother brawl with my other brother, uh, the guitar got broken. And when I said I wanted to play the guitar, he said, well, we've already done that chapter. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to use my babysitting money. And then my girlfriend's brother lent me his guitar where the action was so high, my fingers would bleed. Um, and I had to pay for my own lessons. So it taught me a great value for music to have to go through that. Yeah, for, for sure. How did you gravitate to the bass? Well, that was because Gord said, here, play these root notes on the four. Because we needed a strings. bass player. I mean, it, you know, and having a, a girl bass player was to tell you the truth, you didn't even think about it, but it was pretty radical for the time, right? Yeah. There were only a couple mm-hmm. other ones. There was Tina in um, Talking Heads, and there was Susie Quattro before, I guess, in the 70s, and um, people like that. But it wasn't like a real common thing, you know, like in pop music anyway. So it, it got us noticed right away, you know? Yeah. Just having Sandy in the band. So this is before the Spoons, even. This is a little little cover band we had. In, what was it called? I think the right Impulse. side. No, Impulse. 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 Yeah. What were yeah. you covering? Everything, <laughs> everything that was on the radio. I, the I wasn't a singer. The, the lead singer, he, he, he liked a lot of Elton John and um, mm. stuff like that. But at one point, I said, well, I got a couple of songs I've been working on. Oh. I said, whatever. You know, and right away, <laughs> they loved them. And that kind of opened up the whole thing. I was thinking, whoa, people like what I'm doing. You know, like I was just a, a shy kid with some ideas, right? And from then on, we started adding a couple of originals, you know, and, then, and it went from there. And the Spoons cool. didn't come right after Impulse either. We had another band called Trist, which was more of a... The prog band. Yeah. Proggy type band. Yeah. yeah. Eight minute epic songs that went on forever. And we were very self-indulged in our basement. <laughs> yeah. That's but when New fun. Wave came around, we went, oh, wait a second. You know, we could, we could fit into that somehow, you know? Yeah. Short what were some of your early influences in, in the New Wave, like from a New Wave perspective? Yeah. Uh, Lena Lovich. I used to wear uh-huh. really crazy hairstyles. You know, I used to put wire in my hair and I had my pigtails way out here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, those, I loved, I mean, talking heads at the beginning because of the, especially yeah. the lyrics and stuff. Because mm-hmm. we were, we even looked at ourselves like a Canadian version of talking heads, being from suburbia and Burlington. But then the, when the electro bands came over, you know, the, the first time we played with Simple Minds, I, had, I hadn't even heard of them. And I was, mm-hmm. I was, I, I was on front and soundcheck at the music hall in Toronto. And I was like, Oh my God, what is this? It was just mind blowing. And the custom maneuvers and, um, Ultravox and all those great bands, Gary Newman and all that, uh, 
stuff because to me they had elements of that prog rock stuff right a little bit you know, yeah. i wasn't listening to regular pop music like the eagles and the beach boys and stuff like that so when when these guys came out, i said wait a second they got the same kind of cool keyboards and kind of moodiness that we liked in, in our music and we thought let's, let's give it a shot and then nova heart fit right in and actually some of the equipment that sandy used from the prog rock days were part of nova heart like the bass pedals right and yeah the Taurus bass pedals i used to play which is like yeah. a foot pedal that plays all those yeah, yeah. notes. Like, and I think Genesis had those, and so did I think the police used them as well, and, and Russian yeah. people like that. That's very cool. So I want to. I'm talking about Burlington. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about the video for Romantic Traffic. And was Earl Jive as much of a prima donna as he really is in real person? No, I'm just kidding. Not at all. I've been buds with Earl for. Uh, it was um, great. Many, many years. So I'm just, yeah. I was just kidding about that. But yeah. um, I did want to touch on sort of, you know, CFNY and spirit of radio. And, and when you talk about Burlington, like, can you talk about the influence that it had, you know, on your career, on Canadian new music and just new music in general? It was well, huge. It was huge. I mean, CFNY back in 1980, you know, we were listening to it all the time and just dying to get on that radio station. And they were the first ones to play our very first singles. It was just a 45, um, My Job and After the Institution. But prior to that, in the band Impulse, Dave Marsden, who was heading up CFMY at the time, um, was at the Battle of Bands back when we were in Impulse in the late part of 70s. And he, we came second place, I believe. Um, and uh, I got from the winnings, I ended up buying my first bass guitar from that. Um, and anyway, he said, oh, I'm going to keep an eye out for you guys. Huh. This is way, be- way before the 80s even. Like, and he, yeah. It was funny, we met him, and he would be instrumental in so many key things to all through our careers. He was probably did more for us than anybody, you know, all along the line, key moments, and was always there. And then became like the huge part of, of CFNY and that, what, what that did. That, that was the universe for us, right? CFNY. That, we yeah. thought that was the world, right? While the rest of our friends were listening to, you know, top 40 stuff. We're getting introduced all this great stuff from England and, and so forth. So it was a real education. Yeah. And because, you know, Dave was watching out for us and he played after the t- institution in my job, um, when we got stick, stick figure neighborhood out, um, it wasn't so big on radio stations except for CFNY, but it, he happened to influence college and university radio s- stations mm-hmm. through CFNY. And we ended up being number one across Canada on the university. Yep. And that's how we college. first toured. Yeah. Yeah. That's so how we, we first toured. We were touring and selling out concerts at universities before we were playing, like filling bars. And before yes. we were on, like on radio, really, because it was yeah. sort of just in, in college radio. Yeah. Because back then we were considered alternative indie rock, right? Yeah. We were like some mm-hmm. strange songs like Red Light and stuff, which are kind of gothy, dark, creepy things. But <laughs> yeah, very, very cool time. That's cool. Marsden was a, obviously huge, huge influence on the industry in music, Canadian yeah, music. Yeah. It's funny. I took, I took Kareem out to see Marsden speak at the uh, Toronto Reference Library. And I don't think you really knew who he was until he did his talk. And I mean, you knew who he was. Yeah. Right? You knew but you didn't name. realize the impact yeah. when he just went through his life story. And I remember yeah. well, even and before, like, wow. Yeah. Even before CFY in the 80s and, yeah. you know, right through the, what was he called? Mickey something? Mickey. Mickey. Uh, Dave Mickey. Yeah. Mick, Dave Mickey. Yeah. It was like, it, yeah. yes, such a, he shifted the whole industry in this country. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about much music? You guys were like one of the first uh, videos. We, yeah. were the very, we were on the very first episode. Take yeah. it away, Gord. 
You know the lineup. <laughs> yeah, he says, well, because we don't have much music. We have videos by Duran Duran, Howard Jones, and the Spoons. That was, that was the beginning right there. And uh, overnight, because videos were so new, and people were dying for any content, right, to, to play. They knew who we were. Like, it was like across the country. Right? You know, it was just like that, and especially with us, because our music was so different. Our videos were not rock and roll. I think of the Nova Heart video. Sandy's in a tutu, you know, on a swing and, and this weird bed with her holding this orb. And then there's a scenes that look like they're out of Alien. You know, like, it was like, it was, it left a big impression. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think, you know, bands before that had that opportunity, really, right? I mean, think of all the, the, the bands in the 70s stuff who, you know, they got some coverage on some film and stuff, but not, not on TV, you know, prime time. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. We have, I, I totally, sorry, go ahead, Greg, go. No, 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 I, I was going to say, I was going to jump to another topic, which is, um, I, I'd love to know if, you know, fast forward to talk back, what was it like to work with Nile Rogers? I'm just like, I'm totally geeking out. When oh, I pretty that. amazing. That was great too. Yeah. Well, tell, he, Sandy, tell him how we first met. It was pretty cool how we even yeah, you know, how met him he, in the first in the first place, um, we were on AM Records at the time in the States, and um, we were opening for Culture Club at the Palladium in New York. And um, we were backstage, and, and Culture Club was on stage already playing, and in walks Sting and Nile Rogers. And they were like, Well, we originally came here to see, you know, um, Culture Club, you know, Boy George and Culture Club, but you guys were amazing. And Nile said, I want to produce you guys. Just like he that. didn't even know who we were. It was just something about us that was different and caught wow. his ear, you know. And um, imagine that we're just a bunch of kids, and we're like, oh, <laughs> like, oh okay. It like, probably didn't even phase us, right? This thing, not Rod is one of the big producers in the world, right? He's like a duck the rock and roll hall of fame now. But like forty years later, it's oh my god, like Sting and you know, Nal walked in the room, and he's he, he we still keep in touch. He's he's a sweet guy. He's he's had a second life too, and I've he beat cancer a couple of times. Uh, Sheik is playing like crazy. He's producing more than ever. But until he worked with us, um, he'd been doing mainly like things like Adonis Summer, Sheik, that kind of thing. But he was just doing the David uh, Bowie Let's Dance album. And from then on, everything changed. We did us. He did In Excess, Duran Duran, Deborah Harry, B-52. It's like Madonna. He really, yeah. yeah. He just... Uh, so we were lucky that he, he liked us because after that, I don't think anybody could afford him. You know, it was, <laughs> we're still the we're still the only Canadian band that he's ever done. And really? we did two two yeah. records together. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I met him about five years ago. He was opening on the Duran Duran tour. He was um, with Chic opening because he yeah. just produced their, another one of their albums. And um, he invited some of his friends up to come up on stage during good times. These uh, uh, good times. So I got up there with nice. with my yeah. Yeah, so we were up there, and um, um, afterwards, backstage, he all his friends, and he told the story, like how he first saw us at, in New York with the house and they were like, ah, and this is one of the greatest compliments we've ever gotten. And he said, when the Swiss came on, they were the shit. This is not Roger saying we were the shit. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Like, wow. You know? So that to come that from him, and, 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 he's, and he said a few times in interviews, strange things. Like he said, it was because of Gord or the Spoons that I met bono or that i i wish i work with in excess and i saw i just saw a thing that's on on, on thing right now where um john taylor has a, a podcast of duran duran and they they have a great relationship but he said how did we first meet well it was because i was in toronto to see somebody and, and i produced the the spoons and because of that i 
I did something with NXS. And because of that, that led to me finding out about you guys. So it was like a weird chain reaction of, of cool stuff, you know, wow. it, was, it was like one thing leaped to another kind of thing, you know, good company to be in. For yeah. sure. <laughs> you, you talked about uh, opening for simple minds and not knowing who they were at the beginning. Um, you've shared well, this way at the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. When they, the only songs they had that anybody would know be, be like a, um, Amer- the American and um, love song. It was way before they're really giant records. Yeah. But um, no, it was, that was like a moment. <laughs> yeah. Were, were there any bands that you opened for or you played with that caused you to be starstruck? Well, they were those guys, I don't even know who they were, but my body was yeah. like buzzing, like just the wow. vibe. I have to say, I have to say Boy George is, is a star, especially back then. He was bigger than life. He was a really a big persona. You know, he was a, an I, you know, you looked at, he had an image and a brand and uh, that was quite something, you know, um, staying, of course, you know, the police. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I um, was most starstruck by when we opened uh, at the police picnic. We got invited at the last mm. minute to to open the police picnic in in 1982. 82, yeah. Yeah, we were finishing up the Arias and Symphonies album at the time. And the, it, what, it was great to be up on stage. That was very scary because at that point in time, we hadn't been playing to that many people, maybe, you know, 500 people or plus type of thing. And suddenly we were playing to 40,000 people. Wow. <laughs> but it was oh, more. 60,000. I don't know, whatever it was. Wait a second, what show 40, are you at? 50, 60. Well, I think when we went on, it was 40. By the end of the night, it was yeah. 60. A few but, left uh, in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but it was meeting all the other acts. You know, we met um, Talking Heads. We met you know, the police, um, Joan Jett, uh, Flock of Seagulls, and now Gord's guitar player for Flock of Seagulls as well. So that's his other gig he's got going besides yeah, we didn't say we didn't say much to each other back then but 37 years later we met again and yeah yeah how did that happen that's one thing i wanted like how did that come together like well we played that show we have a great photo of all of it, like the spoons and flock together it's yeah i show it to mike because it's so funny we never we never reached really talk and then like um four years ago mike came up from um doing a show in new york city and he was asked to do a charity thing up here and he didn't bring his band and he just said what he usually does is says whoever the other band is which was us he didn't know we were this band that he played with at the police picnic just ask him if they don't mind learning a couple of my hits and i, I thought that's not not a big deal it's kind of similar you know similar guitar style and um we did the show and he really seemed to enjoy it he kept looking over and smiling and i thought it's nice he was, you know but he, does, he doesn't say much really yeah. and it wasn't until about a year later that i, I got a text from him yeah, my guys who got the number from the place we did the charity or something and it just said, do you want to join the band? Said, oh, okay. Who's this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, then, and so it's been, a, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a spoon first. So it's juggling the two. I'm a spoon and, and a seagull. And sometimes both. We've done some, uh, we did a little tour just before lockdown of uh, flock spoons and men without hats doing casinos and stuff. So oh, yeah. I just changed my, sh- I just changed my shirt and my guitar <laughs> and go out and do, do another set. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Um, Greg, where do you want to go first? Lost Venue song intro? Either. Let's do Lost Venues. I, sh- I should have prepped you guys at the beginning, so my, my apologies. Right. Pop uh, quiz. Pop, pop quiz, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, which hair product? No, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Joico, Joico Ice Mist. Final, final net, final net, ultra. Hold. No final net, no Joico Ice Mist, which is like pl- plastic on your head. It was you could do ten shows and your hair would move. It was great. Yeah, you get up in the morning, you have a flat spot, and you go. <laughs> <that's there. laughs> um, we have a segment called Lost Venues. Um, so I'd love to hear both. I'm wondering if, if they're going to be different answers. Uh, love to know of, of, of a venue you played played in, could be anywhere around the world, um, that you've got an amazing story. Uh, the only caveat is, is that this venue can no longer exist. Okay, That's easy. That's so one. easy. <laughs> the okay. Edge Say, in Toronto. Go ahead, Sandy. The Edge in Toronto. It used to be owned by the two Garys. Yeah. They brought in everybody. Uh, all the there, new yeah. bands, uh, like I think the, the police, police played, played there. You two played there. Yeah. To twenty the, people, you know, and the and the two the two Garys were very influential as well in our early part of our career. They were the ones who ran the police picnic and put us on them on at the last minute. Okay, okay. For me, it's I got to say it's, it's the Forum at Ontario Place, the spinning mm. stage. Oh yeah, that, that too. Yeah, that is mm. like our, that. We, that was our favorite venue every summer. One year we did four nights in a row there, and we were the band that caused them to put up barricades from then on like until then it was <laughs> at least, uh, these these are people on the floor even and but uh, one year the crowd jumped over and started i remember turning around and see Derek playing the drums on his and he just went backwards because these fans pulled him down and they just the fans just stormed the stage and grabbed everything and we just bolted it out of there so after that every other show they they didn't let people on the floor and they put these steel barricades and stuff like that yeah the spoons so that, that was, that was caused a riot. The spoons caused a riot. Yeah, yeah. We're we're very fun. polite, very polite riot because our fans are very polite. <laughs> but we did, yeah. And I, I nearly lost my arm. Yeah. What happened there? Yeah. Well, as we were going down through the tunnel, leaving as mayhem was happening, somebody put their hand down, and I ridiculous thing for me to do. I reached up to shake their hand uh-uh. and I reached up. And the next thing you know, I had all these other arms grabbing me and they were lifting me by one arm and it took the road crew to pull me back down. Oh my God. You your, base, your base hanging on you. You know, it's like 20 yeah. pounds. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was flying uh-huh. in the air suddenly up. The side of the, so we, we the almost had, you almost had a deaf leopard moment there. Was, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A flock of so, Sandys that could have been flying up there. <laughs> Feathers everywhere. It was, it was ugly. It was horrible. Yeah. So we're uh, gonna we're gonna play we're gonna play a song okay. or two, I believe. Um, yeah. That will will in in the show. Um, can you set up the songs and just let us know what people are gonna be hearing? Are you okay, talking well, to us? <laughs> yes, yeah, so Gord. Gord. Oh. oh, we have to pick the song. Okay. Oh, no, I sent my, I no, sent uh, I sent the yeah. first and last time and landing lights, right? Oh, okay, yeah. two new stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Sorry, I didn't. I didn't realize. You didn't realize anything. <laughs> yeah, but we, we talked. We talked about. We talked about landing lights earlier about the whole, all the people involved.
First and Last Time was the first single from the new record that we put out. Um, not only because we like it, but it's got the doot doots in it, like Romantic Traffic. It's got its own doot doot section, which is 
unintentional, but it, there you have it. And it's in there. Um, and it's kind of our song about, you know, some things are so good, like playing, you know, with the spoons that they feel the same the first, the last time you do them, they're sort of timeless. And that's what that song is about. Things that are worth repeating, repeatable, you know, <laughs> it all kind of ties together. Yeah. And that, that was done totally, um, you know, during COVID as well, during lockdown, we just, Sandy and I in a haunted house playing, um, what do you call it? Paranormal investigators, you know, with the, with the ghost meter and the, and the, but so Sandy plays one of those, but she's also the spirit in this thing, which is very cool. She has multiple roles in this video. Nice. Right. For the first time and last time, the spoons.
these words remind you of something you said before Then it's probably likely we did Cause I know we've been here through this revolving door A million times before So one of the questions I like to ask before we get close to wrapping it up, and I'm going to ask Sandy this first, is what's in your earbuds lately? What are you listening to that people should be checking out? Mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying Above and Beyond. So they've got now Above and Beyond. You don't know yeah. Above and Above? No, I don't even know. Tell me. Oh, um, they have a, a song called Singularity out as well. And uh, it's a, a male and female duet. They are kind of, um, you know, um, kind of semi-acoustic sounding, but modern sounding at the same time. And they just recently did it with a whole orchestra. Yep. And it's amazing. Very cool. I'm going to check that. And Gordon, yourself? Uh, some older stuff I always like, but I like new bands. You know, there's a couple of Canadian bands I really like. Oh, my power just like... There's, Where'd you go, Gord? <laughs> my, my, there, yeah, there's a couple of Canadian bands I really like. I mean, I've always liked Metric, but there's a band we did a show with, and I was really blown away with the Deer Rouge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're from yeah. Calgary or something like that. Just yeah. amazing uh, sensibility in their stuff. I love them. Believe it or not, I kind of like stuff like the new Machine Gun Kelly stuff because he's kind of embracing the whole guitar rock thing again and bring, yeah. bringing guitars back. And his though his image is very 80s, very colorful and flamboyant, and not just being a shoegazer with jeans on. Or something. So I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I like that. I like Death Cap for Cutie. I love all their stuff. They're, they're not new or anything. Um, yeah, there's, there's enough out there. And then some stuff I always go back to. I always love Oasis. I always love the Chili Peppers, you know. Mm-hmm. The, Ver- the Verve is probably my favorite band of all mm-hmm. time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's enough. Nice. Awesome. 
thank you both for this uh, to get all the music from the spoons go to spoonsmusic.com if you love vinyl go pick up repeatable double vinyl and new day new world is also on vinyl and new day new world their latest release of new songs also available on vinyl that is spoonsmusic.com gord sandy this has been a blast Thank you so Thank much you. for this. Is, did we did we cover what you wanted to cover? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I, I thought there was something about nicknames or something. Okay, <laughs> here we go. We're not allowed to. This We're is not to. this is the extras for those people for those people <laughs> that have stayed. We don't have any nicknames. We have no nicknames. Because we I, I, well, no. Gord, before you came, there were nicknames thrown. <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> like something about me being late or something, tardy or. No, one of the, one of the, one no. Of the uh, like no, it was, it was very, respe- very respectable. Well, seeing oh, okay. as you're the, you're the leader of the band, my nickname has always been the deputy. Oh, the deputy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mr. D. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. D. Yeah, oh. Mr. D. Yeah. No, that's all right. How about you, Sandy? I don't know if I have one for Sandy. Um, we used to have all kinds of names for some of the other people in the band. I remember, remember, uh, original keyboard player Rob Pruce. Is, for some reason, his name was Bulbous for a yeah. long time. That was, that was Derek. <laughs> and the reason Bob. was because he was only 15 when he joined the band, too. And he, to, to us, he looked like he hadn't quite like uh, gone through puberty yet or something. Like, sure. he was still <laughs> developing. So he was kind of like a, still like a, he was like a baby to us. So his head was still bigger than the rest of his body. He was growing, he was growing into it. So he was, uh, yeah, that he was, was. He was Bulbous and Derek was Bud. Bud Bulbous. Uh, what, what was I again? Tard, tardy? Oh, no, no, definitely. Yeah. And then later on, we had really strange book names that are. Road, oh, uh, yeah. They, you know, the, 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 when I'm gay, like uh, online games, like we're, we're popular, like, you know, like these sort of medieval things, like yeah. maybe like go drop, go down, keeper of the keys, you know, that kind and, of thing. Or and, and I was was uh, Vexus. She bitch of the Netherites. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. The long, long uh, trips through the Rocky Mountains in, in a van on tour, on tour buses and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, coming up with silly things. You, you guys started yeah. really young. Was there ever any ever any issues about like playing in clubs or bars or anything like that? Or just for Rob? Uh, just for just Rob, Rob, because by the time we were playing bars, we were of age at the time. We were okay. nineteen, but but he Rob, had a special form from the. LCBO or something that said he's allowed the, to play, but he has to hide backstage between sets and which not even look at it. A bit bizarre because some of our earlier places we played um, had um, afternoon uh, dancers. <clears throat> and um, uh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> no, and, that only happened once. What are you talking I know, about? <laughs> but I, I know, but it was we were out east in Halifax, I think, or Dartmouth area. Anyway, and. Uh, I remember we were backstage. He wasn't allowed out in the bar area, but he could be on the stage when we're performing. But our dressing area was the same as the dancers area. So they were just throwing their clothes off and on. Imagine Rob. He said, this is the life. This is like rock and roll. This is like rock and roll life. (laughs) This is what Motley Motley Crue every day is like. You know know what? On on a somber note, the very first show he did with us was at the Eds that we talked about, that famous club in Toronto, the night that Lennon Lennon was shot. Oh, wow. Imagine that being your first show. And I remember us finding out between sets and 
we didn't even know whether we could finish the night, but the owner said, please just, and we remember, I remember going back out and at the edge and people were crying in the audience and it was a moment you never forget. Mm. Wow. Does your whole set change or do you, do you play no, a, a no. Beatles song or a Lennon song or anything like that? No, no, we, no. we just continued doing what we were doing, but yeah. uh, it was just a little somber and kind of, yeah. you know, we weren't quite sure what to do, but the, uh, the two Gary's said, no, please do. Yeah. I think, I think that night Rob ripped up the sheep from the uh, LCBO to just drank a whole bottle of bourbon. Just, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Screw I can't this. Take it. <laughs> Screw this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. This has been fun. I really appreciate it. Yes, uh, thank you. No, thank uh, you very much. All, all of the you, time. Guys. And listen, I, I want to uh, officially invite you once the world opens up again. Uh, Greg and I usually record um, out of a bar. Okay. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a small place. It's got a small little stage, uh, but would love to come in and do something live and uh, maybe play some tunes. That, w- that would be really, really fun. Yeah. Well, sure. let's, let's, talk, let's talk when the world opens up again. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Care, guys. Thank you, Thank you so Bye-bye. much. Thank you. Thank you.